This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Matt D'Elia is Confused. This is Matt D'Elia. This episode is about conspiracies. I have an expert on the subject, an expert on conspiracies. Um, his name is Mike Rothschild. And as he goes on to explain right off the bat, no, not he's not a member of that Rothschild family. So before you start a conspiracy theory about that, I'm going to nip that in the bud right now. Uh, But really, there's nothing much to introduce besides Mike's an expert. And I am, as you as a listener of the show, you probably already know. I'm fascinated with the conspiracy mind, conspiracy thinking and many, many modern conspiracy theories. I've had an episode with QAnon Believer, uh, Flat Earther, um, and there will be plenty more where that came from. Uh, It's something that. I think about a lot conspiracies. Uh, so therefore now you have to think about it a lot. That's how this works apparently. Um, but yeah, this episode was a lot of fun. Um, and I enjoyed doing it. Thank you, Mike, for your time. And here is my conversation about conspiracies with Mike Rothschild. Okay. My name is Mike Rothschild, and before anybody asks, I am not related to the Rothschild banking family. That was going to be my first question. Yeah. Yep. That's that's <laughs> usually um, that's usually the first thing I get hit with is uh, you know of course a Rothschild would say that about conspiracy theories. Right. And my response is always yeah. If I were a real member of the Rothschild banking family, I would be living in Saint Tropez and you know bathing in my trillions of dollars and not engaging with idiots on the internet. <laughs> Sure. Um, usually they go after that. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a writer and a journalist and a researcher in the field of conspiracy theories and fringe beliefs. Very cool. Uh, as anyone who's listening to the show knows, this is something that I'm very, very interested in. So uh, let's just jump right in. Like, I guess just to like set a foundation, how, how did you start to like uh, how, where did you find your interest in this in the first place? I was always kind of interested in in this kind of fringy, quirky stuff. You know, I, I grew up in the in the late, you know, mid to late nineties, and a lot of this stuff was really taking off then. You had the X Files, you had the beginnings of the internet, you had Art Bell becoming a big thing nationwide, and this this fringy stuff was starting to get a little bit more into the mainstream. But it was by no means mainstream. It was still definitely the domain of like self-published pamphlets and right. videos at gun shows. It was just something that people were a little bit more aware of. Mm. And when I was in college, I started listening to Art Bell. And um, I, I thought that he was very compelling as a storyteller. He talked about, you know, aliens and psychics and you know, mysterious events and cattle mutilations and government conspiracies and stuff that people just didn't really talk about. And if they did, it was always a joke. Mm. And he took it, he took it seriously enough so that as someone who didn't really know anything about it, I took it seriously. I didn't believe any of it, right? but I was so fascinated by it that I, I just couldn't help but be interested in it. And then, it, you know, that that interest kind of waned for me for a while. And then over the last few years, um, especially really in the last five or six years, I really, really started to become interested in it again. I saw the 
the kind of the collapse of critical thinking in this country and the the way that the internet would kind of spellbind people into believing just about anything. Mm-hmm. And it started to become more and more worrisome to me. And I started writing about it and it just sort of parlayed from one gig to another. And now it's basically what I do. Right, right, right. So uh, you mentioned critical thinking, and that is something uh, every time I'm up against some kind of conspiracy theorist, it's sort of, it, it's it's this chasm that that cannot be crossed. You know, right. I mean, these people who, who believe in certain things, there's just an, there's a certain type of thinking that they're either unwilling to do or unaware that they're unwilling to do who, who knows really what it is. But but I find that that is sort of definitely sort of a common thread. And I will, I've also been interested for a long time, but I think really in the last couple of years, probably since Trump, my, my interest has sort of kicked into high gear, I think just because of the prevalence of them, at least in front of my face. Right. And, I, and I think I assumed, and I know I'm wrong about this, but I assumed it was, it had to have been young people who were believing these things in general, <laughs> but it, it is not. It's the it's the opposite. It's it's older people and boomers, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? I mean, just generally speaking, the uh, yeah yeah yeah. It's um it's a little bit different for every conspiracy theory, mm. but over the last few years, uh, like you said, as as Trump has sort of ridden the conspiracy theory wave into the White House, we've seen his flock of people who are predominantly older and a little bit less tech savvy mm-hmm. become very turned on to this conspiracy theory world that really was once the domain of young people. Right. And there's a study, I think it came out at the beginning of this year. And of course this year has seemed like it's lasted for about five years. It really does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where I think something like um, boomers are seven times more likely to share a fake news story on Facebook than younger cohorts. So you have a real problem with digital literacy. And you also have a problem where a lot of people grew up in an environment where if a news source said something, it was the truth. Right. If you heard it on the CBS Evening News, if you read it in the New York Times, if you read it in Time Magazine, it was the truth. Mm-hmm. And now there's so much in the way of news and so much bad reporting and stuff that's just outright made up and stuff that's completely shaped by bias. You have people who get sucked up into these news sources like Fox News, like Daily Caller, like Breitbart. And I'm not even talking about stuff like InfoWars, which which is way too out there to be mainstream. If you see it on there and if you watch enough of that stuff, that starts to become the truth and you start to trust them the way when you were a kid, your parents trusted Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather and, you know, the, the Saturday Evening Post or whatever. Right. It, they, these things become trusted news sources. And that is uh, an environment that is utterly ripe for exploitation. Right. Uh, there's this thing, too. I mean, I think it's it's known for sure. We're going to gravitate unless we're aware of what's happening. We check ourselves. We're going to gravitate towards the news we we want to read or are already um, sort of predisposed to agree with. Right. And I think now I, I, I'm assuming what's happening is that somebody will get a Sputnik link and just – it's almost like because it was written on the internet and there is an article that looks – whatever that means now – looks legit, people will just – Accept it if that's something they already thought, want to think, or fits into their existing narrative. And, you know, with the democratization of information, which we all thought was going to be amazing, everybody was going to get on the same page and learn the same yeah. things and know everything that they wanted. Yeah, we were learn. all going to have the Library of Alexandria in our pocket. Right, exactly. It didn't really work out that way. <laughs> um, and I think that that was really sort of magnified, for me at least, in the 2016 election when. I mean, I saw it a little bit before the election, just the things that would go around like, what are are people, is everyone trolling? But I don't think that's it. People really believe some of this shit, you know? And then yeah. as after Trump won, and then more information started to come, come out about disinformation and all that, I realized people really just will believe if they have any excuse, any good excuse to believe whatever they want to believe in the first place, they're going to do it. 
And that's such a problem now because you can find something that says anything right now. You know, if I wanted to find an article that said uh, Hillary Clinton is a de- is an actual demon, I, I could find that. You know, and, oh, you and could, could find that, that in five seconds. Right. That was a bad example because I could absolutely find that thousand <laughs> of those in five seconds. But yeah. it's really this weird mix of wanting to believe what you want to believe and the availability of something like that already existing and the marriage of those two things that just cements this shit in your head, unless you have the wherewithal or, or, or the, the trigger in your mind to be like, well, actually, maybe this isn't right. I'm going to see this other source and see what's up with that. Totally. We, we've always been predisposed to believe things that are in line with what we already agree with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's just the way we are. I mean, I I'm, I'm like that. I mean, I don't, I don't watch Fox news because right. it, it will tell me things that I don't believe. Now I have to know that the things it's saying are not true. Right. Um, so there's no real entertainment value in it for me, mm-hmm. but everybody gravitates towards the things that fit with their worldview. I mean, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. But what we have now is these interlocking media ecosystems where anything in that ecosystem is totally sealed off. You know, you have this, the, the left-wing bubble, you have the right-wing bubble, you have the far-left socialist bubble, you have the far-right neo-Nazi bubble. And all of those things have their own social media, have their own trusted media personalities, they have their own publications, they have their own videos. And if you wanted to, you don't ever have to leave that bubble. You, n- you never have to get a ray of sunshine from a star that, that is not in that star chart. You, you can just live your whole life with nothing but the media that you want to see and it will tell you what you already believe. Right. And the problem is, is when two people in different bubbles run into each other, they're going to they're gonna start arguing. Right. And the Internet has made that incredibly easy. We're all able to pick a fight with any stranger we want to. But then you see it in families. Yeah. And we're starting to really see the problems that families are having when one person is completely covered in conspiracy theories and garbage and fake news. And it, it's never, never mind the political debate. It's just the people from people who aren't in that universe can't even be around that person. Right. You know, we see that at the holidays where you get like the, we had to disinvite my mother to Thanksgiving because she does nothing but talk about Spygate and QAnon. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and, and I get, I get people like that who contact me all the time. Yeah. Who are like my, my, my dad, my brother, my former best friend has gotten completely sucked into conspiracy theories. I don't know how to talk to them and what to say to them. And yeah. what I always say is I don't really know how to talk to them either. Right. I, I'm not a psychologist. I don't, you know, I don't have the, the diagnostic tools to do that. And the way to get people out of that is so complicated and painstaking that it's almost impossible to do it unless you're you're doing it over long term. So right. you yeah. had this this these these enormous industries of of biased and slanted news, and they've all monetized their version of the truth. And once you've spent your money and your time on that version of the truth, you don't really want to hear another one. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that actually. The monetization that you mentioned. Um, sure. How how does that work, and how does that entrench further? Well, the the monetizing comes from um, certainly from YouTube and YouTube ads. I mean, that's a that's a big part of it. Um, you know, you've got a lot of these right wing conspiracy theory channels that have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Yeah, and they put they'll put out a video every day, and usually something really long. And something that has a ton of ads and it gets 100,000, 150,000 views. And that's significant ad money. Yeah. They, they, they write, they write books. They've got podcasts that they sell subscriptions to. They have Patreon pages. They sell merchandise. They, they put their name on supplements. You know, all these guys have their, their brain pills and their relief factor cream and their, <laughs> And their, you know, special ammunition that has their seal of approval, <laughs> and and they 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 turn themselves into industries, and and the right wing is really really good at that, much better at it than than uh, liberal thinkers or, mm-hmm. or content creators. I, 
why actually why is that that specifically because i i, I my my impression has always been me, being on the left i'm i've always assumed that the left is maybe not the same way or the same i don't know obviously not the same things but i feel like this this conspiracy thinking is uh it doesn't discriminate. It, 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 it kind of can find pockets on the left or the right or really totally. anywhere, right? But I feel like now uh, or just always, I mean, I think my my own bias makes me think, oh, that it's, it's mainly a right-wing thing, but it, it isn't, right? I mean, you mentioned it's easier. Uh, there's more of a system in place uh, for the, the, the monetization for, for, um, and the sort of siloization on the, on the right Right. Uh, side of the spectrum, but but it is a problem on both sides, right? Oh, it's absolutely a problem on both sides. Um, you know, conspiracy theories and conspiratorial thinking are hardwired into our brains. Um, you know, even from from birth, we are we are evolutionarily that's not really a word, but <laughs> we're designed to uh, to seek patterns. Mm-hmm. We we want to put two things together that are the same even as toddlers. Mm-hmm. So that there's nothing wrong with that. We're, we're designed that way. We are hardwired that if there's a, a rustling in the tree, we're suspicious of it because maybe it's a panther and right. we should get away from it. Right. Right. So conspiracy, conspiratorial thinking, there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And there's also nothing inherently wrong with looking at a situation that doesn't make a lot of sense and saying, this doesn't make a lot of sense. I need an explanation for this that's better than the explanation I'm being given. I mean, there's a reason why we've had JFK assassination conspiracy theories for, you know, 50-something years. Yeah. Because that explanation has never been good enough. Right. Even if it's the explanation that we have. Where you where you get the, the, the divide between left and right is that right-wing conspiracy theories give you a, a villain. They give you someone to blame. They give you a boogeyman. Whereas left-wing conspiracy theories are, are much more about sort of like how uh, about the right. Whereas right-wing conspiracy theories are just about everything. Right. You know, you it you know you get sort of distrust of big pharma on both sides. Right. You get distrust of vaccines on both sides, but it's always such a bigger plot mm. on the right. And a lot of right-wing conspiracy theories are are kind of alluring. I mean, they're 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 compelling. They make good stories. And all you know, all this Trump stuff. The reason why it's it's caught on so much, all of Trump's spygate conspiracies and all the deep state stuff, and on the left, why the you know everybody's a Russian agent yeah. and Russia's got dirt on everybody. It's compelling. It's interesting. Yeah. But I think a lot of liberals look at the 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 russia 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 stuff and go that's not true it doesn't it doesn't need to be true for all of these events to be taking place whereas on the right it all kind of needs to be true because it's the only thing that explains why donald trump is so opposed and why so many people hate him right so there's a there's a need for it on the right that there isn't on the left right that makes sense and you you hit on something earlier that i i'm always struck with because i've I, on the show i've had i spoke with i've spoken with a uh flat flat earther uh okay. who actually prefers globe denier which i f- found fun. oh okay Great. yeah yeah uh, and then a, a like q anon which i know is a specialty of yours but i yeah uh, who did you what q anon person did you talk to you know martin geddes yeah. 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 He blocked me on Twitter, but I know who he is. I believe that. Well, that's the other thing. They're so, they're all so sensitive. Like, oh, totally. Oh, my God. They're so. Tweet at them something that runs counter to them or is critical in any way, you're blocked. And I find totally. that to be maybe the most telling thing of all. It's like any dissent, the blinders go on and the, and the door shuts and you're just sealed the right. fuck off. Right. Um, but I find that one commonality to, to be this sort of. It's like an inability to tolerate mystery, an inability to say, I don't know. Right. And we won't know. Or, or it's like li- living in that not knowing is, is, right. is, is sort of like the antithesis of uh, or antithetical to being someone who believes these things. Uh, and that right. is something I just don't share because my experience of the world has been 
I don't know what's happening really ever, you know? And so as I was growing up and I was sort of, I sort of became accustomed to thinking, well, what the fuck do I know? You know, anything's possible. People are capable of anything. And, and for mm -hmm. me to fill in the blank as if I do know is, 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 is the dumbest possible thing I could do. I right. feel like the opposite is true of conspiracy. There's, they are not only looking for things that make sense, but things that specifically make sense to them and their narrow point of view. Right. You know? right. They're they're looking for something that explains everything. And I think one of the most powerful critical thinking tools and one of the most powerful tools in skepticism is to say, I don't know. Yeah. And to say, I may never know. We may never know what happened. I mean, if you look at something like the the crash of flight MH370. Right. We're never going to know what happened. Yeah. We will never know what happened in the final moments of that plane. And I think it's the conspiracy theorist who says – I don't know, therefore I do know, and therefore it was shot down by a deep state plane because it was carrying 12 semiconductor researchers <laughs> who were fleeing to Malaysia to sell their patents to George Soros. Naturally. I mean, it, it's, it, it becomes not only do you need an answer, but you need every single element of the answer to, to be defined. Right, right. None of it can be sort of even shaded. It needs to all be explained, all be linear, right. and all connect. Right. And even even if that is the most circuitous route to becoming linear, it will still be done. It's like it's like water, fall, you know, falling in the crack. It will right. they will it will be made sense of no matter what the, the right. mystery uh, that's going on around the world. It will be solved by the conspiracy theorist uh, no matter what. Right. I, um, I, I, I think most recently, at least the last couple of days, what's been on my mind is this sort of. This idea, then this one's always perplexed me to no end. The, this false flag shooting thing. Yeah. That one seems, uh, to say uh, a mass shooting is, is, didn't happen or was staged or whatever. Right. Or the, uh, the, the, act, the victims are actors right, or they right. never existed. Yeah. But you can prove these people died. Like there are human beings who were there who, who lived and then died at this thing. So if, it, how does that even like, how does if, – if, 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 if a conspiracy theorist was here with us mm -hmm. who thought that this recent uh, Florida shooting was, was a false flag, what, like yeah. how would they even sell that to us? Like how, how – what is the uh, – this is one that I actually don't even get. So this is why I'm going macro on this one. Like how does yeah. – how do these work? Sure. The, the, they work a couple of different ways, which is always kind of maddening. The, the idea that the, the victims are sort of non-existent, that they were all sort of made up. You don't get that quite as much like that. There was some of that with 9-11 and there was some of it with Sandy Hook, but you don't, you generally aren't getting that as much because we all, we all have such a digital footprint now. Right. Right. Um, generally what you get with these mass shootings is a lot of confusion. And a lot of in, in, uh, discrepancies that make you think that the whole thing was was done by the government and that the media is complicit in covering up. So one of the things that you almost always get with a mass shooting or a terror attack is reports of a second shooter. Mm. Um, you almost always get that. You got that with – almost right away you got that in Parkland. You got that with the Las Vegas shooting. Um you you know you get that all the time, and one of the things about the San Bernardino shooting that made it so unusual is that actually was more than one person. Uh, but the vast majority of the time, it's one person. Right. But you get somebody who says, "I I saw them. They were right in front of me. They had black body armor on, and they were firing an assault rifle, and they had a black hat on." And you you scour the media, and there's no mention of that anywhere else. The yeah. shooter wasn't wearing body armor. They were wearing a white hat. They had a pistol. 50 news reports say that they were wearing a white hat and had a pistol. One person says they had a black hat and were firing a rifle. The conspiracy theorists say that means there were two shooters. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the media is desperately trying to cover up that this second shooter with, with the rifle and the black hat existed because they don't want you to know that this was a government op. Right. When in reality, our, our memories of things that we witnessed are terrible. Right. We instantly conflate details, make things up, get things wrong, add things, not because we're liars or, or, or we're bad people, but that's just the way our brains are wired. When, um, 
TWA Flight 800 went down in 1996. You had all of these conspiracy theories and said it was shot down by a missile. Mm. So the FBI interviewed hundreds of people who saw, who swear that they saw and heard a missile hit an airplane, except that seeing and hearing a missile hitting an airplane is literally a violation of the laws. of <laughs> Right, right. Be- because, because you would have seen it and then you wouldn't have heard it for, uh, you know, I don't remember how many seconds or minutes, but there's literally no way you could have seen it. Right. But the people who testified that that's what they saw, they keep saying, that's what I saw. That's what I saw. I know what I saw. And because they do know what they saw, it's just that it never happened. Right. So, yeah, yeah. so we, we take these discrepancies or these kind of irrelevant details and they become the first wave of the conspiracy. So the first thing you see in social media is second shooter, second shooter. You get an interview with that one person. And then you get the conspiracy theorists to go, why is you know, the media isn't covering this up? This, this is being censored. No one else is talking to this person. Then you get the, the, the bigger discrepancies. You get the, you know, the victim who was shot eight times but has no blood on them. Mm. Well, people don't bleed the way they do in movies. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it's, they don't sort of writhe around with geysers of blood flying everywhere. Um, you know, losing a limb doesn't look like the way it looks in a movie. Shock doesn't look the way it looks like in a movie. Bullet holes don't look that way. Yeah. It, it, we, we've seen too many action movies. Yeah. So when a shooting doesn't look the way that we think it's supposed to look and we hear these vague whispers that there was another shooter in the media isn't talking about it. And then we hear, oh, this shooting happened at the exact same time as there was this testimony in Congress or yeah, right. it happened. And, uh, you know, a mile away, there was an active shooter drill planning for the exact same thing. Those three dots get connected and bang, that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. Um, <clears throat> it's, it, it, you've mentioned a couple things that, that stick out to me when I think about this shit, which is the movies thing. First of all, it's like it, they always are similar to either movies I've seen or just generic movie I- plot ideas. And I find right. that to be so actually strange because what it kind of, if you extrapolate it further, it just means, I mean, how, f- how deeply embedded are, are movies in our minds where like the, the, cons- the, we believe that real life things happen the way they do in movies more than they happen the way in real life, which is messy and confusing and complicated. Uh, that is just a strange thing to me because when I hear something, someone's explanation of something that sounds too much like a narrative or too much like a movie, I just think there's no fucking way because that, that sounds like a movie, not like real life, you know? Right. And, and, and the other thing, there's something Martin talked about, and I find this to be sort of uniquely insidious with conspiracy thinking and it's <laughs> yeah and you hit on it and it's and it's this i and he called it the the, the gold standard of first-hand experience and it's this okay, idea yeah. that that because someone saw it or witnessed it or or whatever experienced it firsthand that their way that their account of it is more true than any other kind of information and so what you're saying is basically if one person saw someone in the black hat and the black shirt and the body armor, then that one person, they're not lying. They saw it right, and they're the ones telling the truth. Right. And that's just this weird sort of cherry-picking I find, but it also is this – it's this deeply embedded problem where people think that I, – I don't know. You tell me, but I, I think it's – I think people think that if someone – that firsthand witness thing, it's like there's no, there's, that's almost never right. What people think they saw is almost never right. And that's been proven many, many times over. Yeah. And it's this, some, this conspiracy, there's to- totally gloss over that. Totally. It, it, we, we process information very poorly when it's happening to us. Right. Because we're, especially in a, in a traumatic situation, we're just, we're just focused on, usually on getting out on surviving. I mean, if you have a, a heated, a really, really heated argument with somebody, you will say things and you won't even remember what you said five seconds later. Right. And because our brains are, are designed to protect us from those things. Right. And sometimes we, we remember the horrible things, but a lot of times 
our brains just say, nope, I'm keeping this out. Yeah. But and this idea that that the the gold standard of firsthand experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's great. I know. That's just the that's the most QAnon thing. Yeah. It's what that does is it casts the one person who is the outlier as the truth, and the fifty people who are all telling the same story are all coordinated. Right. And they all got their four a.m. talking points. They're all on the payroll. They're all the ones who are trying to advance the official story while this other one courageous person (laughs) is telling the truth. Right. And it's that, I mean, just from a logistical standpoint, that would be so much harder to pull off Mm -hmm. than these 50 people all basically are saying the same thing because that's what actually happened. And this one person is saying the wrong thing because their brain got it all scrambled. Right. Right. Which kind of speaks to this something else about conspiracies, which, which I, I find to be a deep flaw in many of them, which is that to, to have, uh, any major conspiracy theory be true, whether it be flat earth or, or QAnon, people sure. need to be incredibly good at keeping secrets and also incredibly good at what they do. And that right. I, I I've just I've seen no evidence of that no. generally speaking in my life. I mean, if it's a government cabal, deep state, whatever you want to call it, those people would have to be excellent at what they do. And, right. and from what I can see, the government is not necessarily excellent at everything they do, and that's proven and borne out over and over and over and over again. It's like this insistence right. that the powers that be, whatever they are, this vague sense of of the deep state, deep state or whatever it is, are just unbelievably crafty and good and have it right. all down evil and, geniuses who yeah. are unstoppable right it's giving them way too much credit or anyone yeah. way too much credit yeah yeah that's totally it i mean it's the way obama was cast during his his time in office as both sort of apocalyptically evil mm-hmm. and bo- and then also incomprehensibly incompetent right like he's both the most inept president ever and also the most effective villain ever. Right. You, you really can't be both. And that's the cognitive dissonance of conspiracy theories is you've got to believe two oppositional things at the same time. And if you get into these, these really, really deep conspiracy theories, there's a logistical element to them that falls apart under even the slightest scrutiny. So if you think about, um, I mean, just to take a big one, 9-11. Mm-hmm. The idea that 9-11, it was a controlled demolition. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, let's just say, okay, it was a controlled demolition. These buildings were wired to explode. Okay, so let's ask some questions about that. We're going we're gonna to be some just asking questions. Mm-hmm. How long have the explosives been in there? Who put them there? What, what were the companies contracted to, to install them? How were they bought? Who paid for them? How was it ensured that they wouldn't go bad? Were they, how could they be tested? Who knew they were there? And these are really, they seem like pedantic questions, but at the same time, there's no answer to any of them. So they get, so the conspiracy theorist gets bogged down in these really, really irrelevant details, like, you know, examinations of thermite particles and, and blah, 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 without stepping back and answering the bigger question of, so wait, the twin towers were wired with explosives for forty years, and nobody knew about it. Right. That that seems like a bigger question. Yeah. Than arguing over these really arcane terms, and yet the conspiracy theorist never answers those questions. They just hit you with other irrelevant questions. They just start what abouting you. Right. And and they do it so often that you just stop. Right. And then they declare victory. Right. I mean, they seize – it's weird what, what you're saying is so true. They seize on minor inconsistencies, which which are kind of like, – they don't even matter. They're kind of off the side. They're not about the big picture, but they focus on the things that sort of don't fit on their face at least and really bear down on those. Right. And then when you ask them to pull back and say, but, but why, why, like, why any of this? It's just – it actually – it's interesting. I, I asked uh, the flat earther that I had on. His name is Daryl Marvel and he – I specific, that, that one is uniquely sort of infantile to me because it's just yeah. – it, it, like who – what I asked him is who, who 
with, if with 9-11, you can spin it in a way where it might benefit someone, where at least the, the, the supposed perpetrators of the conspiracy might actually have a motive, right? Same right. thing with the Russia, whatever, or, or even QAnon. I can see like the, the, what the, the bullshit. Why thing. someone would go yeah. to all this trouble. Exactly. So, and I, and I asked Daryl point blank, like why, who is benefiting from this particular lie being told? And there, and I asked him twice and there was just long rambling non-answers. Right. right. And it, and all I could think was, well, shit, if I'm, if I'm rattling off this long rambling answer, I'm going to stop and realize, oh, wait, this is all. I don't not, have an answer. Yeah. I don't have yeah. anything, but that is never it. It's just, no. they go further and further and bear down and, 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 and just go further down the rabbit hole. Right. Yeah. It's always, it, it's always the disconfirmation always just makes the hardcore believer dig in deeper because the, the alternative is admitting that they were wrong yeah, and, and it, or admitting that they don't know and that there's some mystery left to it. You get this all the time with, uh, especially with QAnon, mm -hmm. which is obsessed with proving that it is real. Right. So you get this, then it's happening right now with this new um, inspector general report. They're digging through it and looking for these uses of 17 because 17 equals Q and instances of uh, the mention of corn because <laughs> corn equals harvest and harvest means the, the storm. And, and they give you these sort of blizzard of little, little irrelevant things. And you, if you get, if you say, what does this mean? What, what is this trying to prove? What is the statement that you're making? And then they just say, well, you didn't answer my question. You didn't prove that this isn't real. And then they hit you with eight other things right. and you just go, no, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. How, how, how is the conspiracy mind? Like, how is that sort of, I don't want to say corrected, but how, how, mm -hmm. how I mean, you've dealt with a lot of these people. Have you yeah. ever seen someone deep in the hole, lift their head up and say, Oh wait, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, is that even a thing? Does that ever happen? It, it's, it's really rare and it's really hard. Um, you, you can sometimes sort of, especially with somebody close to you. What I, what I really recommend to people is just let them know that maybe they love their conspiracy, but you care about them mm -hmm. and keep your interactions off the conspiracy and, and look for openings to get some critical thinking in, yeah. but never go toe to toe, never try to debunk thing for thing. You'll never win yeah. because they always have more things than you do. Don't insult them. Don't call them stupid. Don't call them crazy. Nobody wants to be called that. Yeah. And take your time and, and just hope that they kind of grow out of it. And, and, and occasionally they do. I hear from people who are like, well, you know, this was sort of interesting to me, but then I just grew up and I, and I realized it wasn't anymore. But these, these people who are really, really deep into it, it's really hard to get them out. Yeah. And, and they, and what happens is we who are not in it decide that that person is, is just not worth the trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you get people who are like, I haven't talked to my mother in three years because she's obsessed with Trump conspiracy. Theories. Yeah. You know, I don't speak to my best friend anymore because they are, they've gone off the deep end on supplements and big pharma woo or, and stuff like that. And, and it gets to the point where you just, you protect yourself by disengaging. Yeah, I mean, and that then really maybe is, that's the saddest yeah. part. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I feel lucky. I, I haven't gotten to know anyone like in my life very close to me. But that, I, that's so fucking depressing. That the, these things run so deep that that they actually sort of fray relationships and ultimately oh, yeah. cause their end. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's yeah. I've I've spoken to people who. Um, there was a woman that I've become uh, friendly with on Twitter who's she was interviewed by Esquire maybe about her relationship. She's very liberal and she was having, she was in a like second long-term relationship with a man who's really conservative. And she said, you know, we, we, we have a laugh together. I mean, yeah, we debate a little bit, but it never gets in the way of our relationship and we're really happy together. And then uh, he broke up with her and I reached out to her and I said, what, happened here and it turns out that he'd gotten really sucked into QAnon. oh wow and it, it actually happened the, the the sort of the gateway drug to QAnon was the spy gate 
conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. And he kind of started getting sucked in by Spygate and like, how could they do this to Trump? And there's all these, you know, these these FISA things. Then you start going down the FISA rabbit hole and you just discover QAnon and QAnon casts this FISA thing as this bigger conspiracy. And by the time their relationship ended, he was just like all QAnon, all Spygate all the time. (laughs) And finally he broke up with her because she didn't believe what he was saying. And, and I asked her, do you feel like you're better off? And she said, no, I'm heartbroken. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, I would say she is, but fuck, if she doesn't feel it, then what are you going to do? Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, there's this book. I, I fucking have it. I forget the name. Of it. it might be just American conspiracy theories by Joseph Uchinsky. Uchinsky yes. something. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and he talks about, which I found really interesting is that he, he, he tried to come up with some metric of measuring sort of waves of, of peaks and valleys in general conspiracy theories across the country. And his conclusion was that there's just kind of always within a narrow range, sort of an amount of people who are gonna believe some kind of conspiracy. It's almost, I think he calls it the conspiracy spectrum. It doesn't care if it's, if you're left or right, it's just, it's just, you're gonna sort of gravitate towards this if you're of a certain type, but, but, but what I think it was written, I know it was written before Trump and what I, to my eye, and and I, uh, based on your writing, I, I would think to yours as well. It seems like we live in a uniquely conspiracy believing era now. Uh, we have a conspiracy candidate in office. If if you log on to Twitter, it's so easy to find thousands of people who believe the wildest shit. And if you are prone to maybe believing, you can just join on the bandwagon or or whatever. And are you seeing that? Are, are do you think there's just a spike? in the era we're in now, or do you think we're just seeing that because we are living now and it just seems like it because we're in the present? I think it's both. I think that we're definitely, it definitely seems like we are living in an era that is more conspiratorial because we do see it all the time. And we see, I mean, we see actual real life conspiracies. I mean, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, what Trump and the, and, and his GOP inner circle are doing is, is really a conspiracy to yeah. protect him. And, and it's not even a theory. It's just, they're just doing it. Yeah. I would say in general, I, I don't know that we are more prevalent to believe conspiracy theories. Now, I think we're probably at the same percentage of people who believe in them versus not believing in mm-hmm. them. What, what is more prevalent is their availability Yeah. and their accessibility you in the in the the old days you you had to really work at it you had to seek these things out you had to you had to seek these books out you had to go to these conventions you had to find these crackpot preachers you had to find these crackpot gurus you know you had to you had to look for this stuff and 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 you found other people who were looking for this stuff Mm -hmm. and sort of passed around hush hush they don't want you to know about this and it was like shortwave radio broadcasts about UN troops crossing the border and like pamphlets about how fluoride was invented by the Nazis. Right. And it was a lot of work. It's no work at all now. Yeah. I can, I, I can start a Twitter account, follow nothing but the biggest conspiracy theory personalities on Twitter. And within a couple of days I can have, thousands of followers and thousands of, and I, and I'm following thousands of people and nothing is on my timeline except conspiracy theories. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. I mean, they're just, if you have an inkling toward any one of them, you can just find out the entire, well, official story of them uh, that's being, that's being propagated and, and you can just slide right in. There's no work. You don't even have to know someone no. who already believes it. There's no, no there's no gateway. You just need to open no. your open your uh, computer. It's, it's no, there's no there's no knowledge required. You just have to basically have heard of Alex Jones or right. have heard of QAnon. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean that. that but the, the, what I find interesting is that the it's also the opposite is also true because you can more than before, let's say you're in some, just hypothetically, you're in a family that believes in uh, QAnon and mm-hmm. you're you're a child in this family and, and you are like, I don't know, and you Google it once and you're like, oh, look at all these people who are saying it's absolute bullshit. So there's mm-hmm. also that. But that 
doesn't seem to work the same way as it does of the actual theories just being available in the first place. What I mean is it doesn't seem right. to go both ways, you know? No, it doesn't because the, the, the belief in conspiracy theory is it's like dopamine. It, it gives you that hit of pleasure, that hit of, Oh, that, that makes sense. That explains why that is. Oh, you know, we, you know, I, I, my friend had problems with their voting machine. Oh, here's this conspiracy theory that George Soros owns all these voting machines. That yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. You know, oh, Don, Donald Trump, you know, his approval ratings are so low. How could, how could that be? Oh, this, this whole impeachment thing is, is just a giant scam. Oh, that makes sense to me. Right. So conspiracy theories explain things that don't have an adequate explanation. And I think if you are more steeped in critical thinking, you you already know how to find adequate explanations. Right. Yeah. And if you're not, you'll just believe the thing that is most in line with what you already think. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also this <clears throat> there's also this piece of they don't how do I even say it? They they don't have any uh it's like they want they so badly want to be in the know about something is what i get off of these people and it's almost like they take they revel in this being a minority of opinion you know if it suddenly became that the whole world believed QAnon, there'd be some other conspiracy theory 10 times as ridiculous saying q the QAnon's bullshit and this is the truth is what i sense it's almost this contrarian uh middle finger thing it it almost seems childish in that way yeah, it's the lure of being an outsider. It's the lure of not being in the popular crowd because th- those are the ones who are all the sheep. I'm the one who's awake. I'm the one who's got the the secret knowledge. That's a big part of all of this is like knowing the things that the other people don't know. And that's a that's a huge appeal for some of this stuff. You know, if if you don't know all these names and all of these these sort of code words a lot of what donald trump talks about is like gibberish yeah he gets up there and he's talking about the server and peter struck and lisa page and you know CrowdStrike and 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 all this stuff that i mean if you don't if you aren't soaked in that world yeah you have no idea what he's talking about yeah that's and that's so what true. they like yeah these are these are the code words if, the, if you know if you know the server and if you know what the storm is and if you know what it means when he swirls his hand around and and when he talks about the lovely Lisa Page, if you if you know what that means, you're cool. You're in the club. Right. And yeah. you you're with Trump and you're with us. And if you don't know what that means, it means you're one of them and you're you're a normie and you're brainwashed and you're the enemy. And that's really appealing. Yeah. That's really appealing to people. Yeah, there's also this implicit threat almost of like if you don't get it, then you're dumb and like everyone yeah. else. And if you do get it, then you're in the club and you're cool. It's like playground shit. It's totally. very it's childish. Totally, it's totally grade school stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I saw something you wrote. Uh, I don't remember when, but it was something about uh, sort of like a review of the decade in conspiracies. Yes. Um, and – are there any sort of conspiracies that stick out to you as sort of the, the representative of this? Like, we'll be able to look back and think, you know, that was the one that was very sort of representative of that time. You know, it's it's funny. I think the one that that will that really will stick is this idea of the deep state, mm-hmm. um, because there's always been some version of that in the conspiracy theory world there's always been some kind of all-powerful entity that is pulling the strings on everything you Mm -hmm. know and and starting in 2016 it was the deep state you know and in the 90s it was the new world order yeah um it's been the illuminati it's been the freemasons it's been the catholics it's it's always the Jews, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, it's the globalists. It's the, you know, it's this, it's that there's always some version of this, like horrible evil entity that is just about to destroy all of us. And mm-hmm. and the end is, is upon us and it's going to be any day now and we've got to stop them and I think one of the one of the things about some of the more modern conspiracy theories is that it it gives you a way to stop them. 
it, it gives you a way to fight back with your memes and with your trolling and with, and with stuff like that. Whereas with a lot of those other conspiracy theories, it just, you had to kind of just let it happen, yeah. but, but you know about it, but there's nothing you can do. Right. And that's it's why the, participatory. the yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And that's why the, the anti-government stuff got so popular in the nineties and, and you had the, you know, the rise of the militia movement. This yeah. was a way to get back. In. This was a way to stop it. This is, we can fight back. You know, we couldn't fight back before, but now we can get our guns, we can get our supplies, we can get our shortwave radio, we can get our bug out bag, and when when the shit hits the fan, we can go. And you know, that led to Oklahoma City. Yeah, did yeah. And and so with something like QAnon or Spygate, this sort of right wing shit posting culture, this is a way to fight back that's nonviolent. Now it often ends in violence, and the imagery is often very violent, but. Right. This is a way I can I can fight George Soros and, and his deep state minions by making memes and getting them out there and red pilling my family. And that's how I can fight back. So I think I think the idea of the deep state is definitely going to be with us for a long time in some form. It won't be called the deep state. It'll be something else. Right. And this way of using social media to fight back is going to be with us for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the deep state thing, I I'm hearing politicians on tv saying deep state a lot yeah. and i yeah that's new right i mean i, I don't remember that's that. really new yeah. yeah but are they like what's happening what is the, what's happening there like what do they mean it, it's it's an interesting way that trump has subverted the traditional right-wing distrust of government yeah um before you know you you didn't really have people in politics who were warning you about the new world order you know, you had the president who mentioned the New World Order, uh, you know, George H. W. Bush in that speech as as a as a thing that was coming. Right. And he was part of it. But then you get like Devin Nunez and Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan talking about the deep state. And you're like, you were the deep state. <laughs> like a couple of years ago, you were the deep state. You were the government. You were the bad guys. Yeah. You were the ones who were going to come after our guns. You were the ones that Ronald Reagan warned us were not trustworthy yeah now now you now you're warning us about it yeah. and it's it's like trump has has turned the the traditional villainy of of the government that's going to strip you of your rights and take away our guns and and hurt us into fema camps and it's like trump is fighting it yeah but it's like but trump also controls it trump is it that's what i don't get trump he, is it. he's the trump head is of it. it he's literally right. the head of it so how can he right. be fighting a thing that it just again it just is cognitive dissonance thing where it's like right. you can make it work if you really really want to but two seconds of looking at it at face value yeah. and it just doesn't make sense but the deep right. state thing it it i i it's prevalence now. It's like on the tips of the tongues of the, our actual leaders now, where it's not just yeah. this like uh, on Twitter, right wing nuts. Uh, it's not just that. It's 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 like a touchstone phrase. Oh yeah, on the it's, right it's side. It's like of the, the eye. password. Yeah. yeah, it's like the password to get into the cool party. Yeah, and is that that has to be them just seeing it being used so much and sort of riding that wave. Right. I mean, that has to be yeah. something where they're, it's like they're throwing chum in the water for, for the people that know. Right. Totally. And yeah. that, that's, that's exactly it. It's, it's, it's the same thing with Trump throwing out these names and these phrases. They, these, these Republicans use these phrases because they know that the people who gravitate toward Trump gravitate toward that iconography. Yeah. And they know that Fox news gravitates toward that iconography. And they know that, right-wing news sites like you know daily caller and all that stuff gravitate toward that so you want to be part of that you want to you want to be in that club so you use those phrases yeah and you notice it's not a lot of the kind of rank and file republicans doing it either they they don't believe it or they haven't quite figured it out yet or they don't really want that constituency but it's these these same guys who, by the way, are always on Fox News yeah. and are always getting interviewed and are going to get book deals and are probably going to have podcasts when they're out of office yeah. because they're building a fan base. They're branding. It's so true. I see that. all. Uh, it's all I think now. I just think these people are – they don't give a shit about anything no. except 
when they are able to start making money once they're done, they're going to just sign a massive book deal and yep. already have this built-in audience and they're just going to live the rest of their lives as people who can make money any which way they, yep. they turn. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to, they are going to monetize the trust that they've built up in this community. And, and who knows if they believe what they're saying, right? It, it, as long as they're saying it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talk about this a lot. I mean, now we're sort of sliding into this territory about what what each network is saying. If it, mm-hmm. I, I think I think the the sort of environment to just even take a wider view of it, the environment of the news now, it's so easy to even if you're just flipping through the stations, which I don't think enough people do that. I think if enough people did that, they'd think, oh well, I need to like kind of think on my own because all right. of these stories are so fucking different. But yeah. I think at the same time, on the other side of that same coin, it's like if you are someone who I – mean, there's a way to be affected by that where you think, well, all of these different versions, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, they're all different – literally sometimes different yeah. stories about the same story, about the same thing that's happening. You could think, well, two of these places are lying. Or you could think right. something very, very – extreme and i think the effect on someone could possibly but understandably be well all of these people are lying and i think that right. is where like the, the the really dark part starts to sort of bubble up because it's like yeah. well if everyone is lying then you're sort of really primed to let something that's definitely lying sneak in you right. know because no one's really out there there's no place to go that's like legitimate that says all of these places are spinning it their way this is the source this is the place to get truly objective unbiased news that that doesn't exist because that seems almost not even possible in this climate because it would well yeah spawn a certain way you know yeah it's it's hard to even sort of tell people exactly what's happening because the way that you just what what you say happened is based on what you believe yeah you know if you look at I mean, even if you look at something like this um, Inspector General report, you know, yeah. it's really hard to say what what this report says without immediately falling into some bias. Yeah. Because either the report was good for Trump or it was bad for Trump. I mean, the 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 best thing, I mean, really the best thing to do is to read the whole thing, but it's four hundred pages. Right. Yeah. And it's complicated and and it involves a lot of moving parts and a lot of people and a lot of dates. And it's and it just it's like I, I have a busy life. I have kids. Yeah. I, I, I'm you know running around all the time. I don't necessarily have the time to synthesize all this. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody's going to do it for you and they better mm-hmm. fucking do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, what, what, I mean, this sounds so broad and I, I just genuinely want to ask it like what can even be done about that? Do you know what I mean? Like what even, yeah. It seems like it's just the fissures are growing. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. Uh, regardless of how it happens in 2020, I don't, I don't see daylight. I don't know what even no. a potential solution is. So, what does one do in the face of that? Yeah, it's it's really difficult because it, it feels like this this gulf is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's not even differences of opinion. It's differences over what we believe is the truth. Right. It's almost differences um, on the lens through which we see right. what the truth is, you right. know, which is impossible yeah. to connect with if you have a right. difference in, of how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the, the biggest thing is to try to at least have a little bit of empathy for the side that you are not on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do try to empathize with conspiracy theory believers. Yeah. I, I in my interactions with them, I, I will mock the ideology and I'll mock the gurus and the people who are trying to monetize it, mm-hmm. but I won't mock the people who who are just the rank and file believers. Right. Um, you know, sometimes I mean, unless they're like really you know violent or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. Um, but I I try to be compassionate to those people. I try to understand why they believe this. What's appealing to them about it? What it is? What hole does it fill in their lives? And I think if you're able to do that, you can at least maybe turn the heat down a little bit. Like I'm never going to be somebody who worships the ground that Donald Trump walks on. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be in the cult, but I, 
there, there are ways in which I understand what is appealing to people about him. Mm-hmm. And there are, I feel like there's moments where some bit of humanity with him is broken through. I remember it was, I might've been during the Republican primary where Trump was being, was doing a CNN town hall and I was watching it and um, either it was Anderson Cooper hosting it and either Cooper or somebody in the audience asked him why he doesn't drink. Mm. And I thought this was really interesting. I think, okay, this is, this is, this will be a really interesting answer. And Trump actually gave a very eloquent explanation and it was about his brother his brother had been an alcoholic and it kind of ruined his, his business career and was constantly on the outs with his family. And he saw what it did to his brother. And he, he vowed very early in his life not to let that happen to him. And so he just doesn't touch alcohol. And I thought that was a, that's a really human thing to say. Yeah. And, and I thought like, if that was the Donald Trump that, that, made an appearance more often mm-hmm. i would i would find the guy a little bit less detestable yeah the, the problem is that 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 side of him doesn't exist anymore and when when he tries it it's it's like it makes it worse yeah so even if we can still find those little moments in in the people or the movements that we can't stand we can we can just sort of turn the heat down a little bit and maybe take a step back yeah, I mean, I see it. It's so e- evident. I mean, anytime you go on Twitter, it's like the the vitriol on display is is just it it's it would be comical if, if they if these people weren't serious, you know. Oh like, yeah, it's funny until you think it through, and then you realize how 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 depressing it is. Right. But it's this weird insistence on. I mean, it's kind of you outlined it before, like you know, criticize deeply and and without sort of hesitation uh uh, the ideology or the belief system but the actual there are actual people who are thinking these things yeah and vilifying i anyone on either side especially to them loudly at them the only thing that's going to do is is drive their feet further in the ground on whatever the fuck they're already thinking you know so it's it's all it's 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 running counter to your stated desire in the first place if you want someone to stop thinking a thing that's not the way to do it, you know? Right. And it, it, it makes you almost wonder if the – if what they're doing in the first place, the desire isn't to convince them but to almost do that thing that is so common now, which is like you're trying to own the opponent. You're trying to yeah. look better and get likes or get retweets from your side instead of actually engaging in discourse that might, I don't know, be fruitful for someone, you know? Right. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of bad faith is really prevalent. Um, I, I think on both sides of the divide, I think more so with right-wing conspiracy believers, that that desire to to just like pummel you into submission. Yeah. And and like I will make you think what I want you to think. And they couch it in, well, I'm just asking questions and and I'm just a critical thinker hmm. and, and that stuff. And that's never that's never true. Right. Because there's never debate and there's never like, oh, I could I could see that or I, I like I could see how that cue proof or that conspiracy or whatever. I could see how that kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. Now, could you see why this other thing maybe doesn't fall apart? And I would go, OK, maybe I'll take a deeper look at that. But I mean, if you just sort of fire hose people with nonsense, they're they're going to they're going to fight back harder and then they're just going to walk away. Yeah. 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 And no one learned anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'm curious if you have, are there any of these conspiracy theories that you actually find funny? Like, are, are there any that are like so much ridiculous and sort of off to the side almost that like aren't actually potential violence anywhere on their radar where like you're, you can actually just sit back and enjoy and just sort of marvel at the the the, the thinking that is required to 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 make it seem so because that's that is how I feel about the flat Earth thing. I just yeah. I just read or listen to what they say and it's like oh, I can't. This is amazing. Like this, you're doing amazing brain work to to even yeah. think this once, let alone think it yeah. hardcore enough to say out loud to me. You know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The if you if you spend enough time in conspiracy theories, you 
it, it all kind of starts to flatten out for you. Yeah. And it all and it all starts to become the sort of the same volume of lunacy. Mm-hmm. And I look at something like like the chemtrails conspiracy theory, and people are so into it, and they are so devoted to taking pictures of the sky <laughs> and and like what are those clouds? Those can't really be clouds. <laughs> you know, what are they really doing? And you look and you go, it's a cloud. All I see <laughs> is a cloud. Or I see like the smear of a of an airplane's contrail that has an extremely like second grade science explanation. Right, for yeah. It. And at some point you just to believe this and to believe this this vast conspiracy that every single trail in the sky is like poisonous chemicals you you do have to kind of take some sort of pole vault with your brain yeah and have some like some rationalization for everything where you go well that's a contrail but that's a chemtrail and that's a cloud but that's really you know barium weapon and and it's like you you start everybody has their own mythology and it's like it, it, you you do kind of marvel at it because yeah. you go the the imagination that it takes to come up with this stuff. Like, try writing an actual book. Yeah, like like call it a novel and 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 kind of see where you go with it. But but yeah. just like like stop thinking of it as a real thing and start thinking of it as a story. And maybe you can make it into a story. Maybe you can do something productive with it. And in, instead of letting it eat you. Yeah. It's like they so badly don't want to believe that the actual world around them is the actual world around them that the, they don't want even want to believe that the truth is the truth. Right. So that they're right. this is something they're going to think. And right. the way to get there is almost immaterial. Right. Um, but yeah, we're coming up on over an hour here. I'm, uh, do you, you have a book coming out, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, it's called The World's Worst Conspiracies, and it's a debunking of uh, 25 of the biggest conspiracy theories of the last 50 or so years. A sort of very quick introduction, what it is, why people believe it's a conspiracy. Here's some of what really happened. Um, you know, I get into some of the false flag stuff and the crisis actor stuff, but then I go way back into things like JFK and kind of why why do we still believe in JFK conspiracies? Yeah. And I get into stuff like the, you know, the Montauk project and Stern and, and these very, these conspiracy theories that have kind of wormed their way into popular culture over the last couple of decades. Well, that's cool, man. When does that come out? Uh, it comes out January 15th and you can pre-order it on Amazon. Very cool. Well, Mike, thank you so much. This was really fun and enlightening. I appreciate your time and Absolutely. have a good end of the year and hopefully your book does really well. I know I'll be ordering it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man.